Hi, Rabbi Schaefer here, and I'm very excited to tell you that the new book, The Ten Really Dumb Mistakes That Very Smart Couples Make, is going to be available this Hanukkah. It's been very, very widely received. We sent out about a thousand pre-publication copies to marriage therapists, people who work with young couples, and the response has been really, truly amazing. Please look for it at the schmooze.com, T-H-E-S-H-M-U-Z.com, or your local Jewish bookstore. <clears throat> so let's begin as follows. So again, we said Hashem created the world for one reason, because Hashem is a mativ. Hashem wanted to give of His good to mankind. However, we have to earn that good. Originally, Hashem created Adam in Gan Eden. In that state, Adam was literally in perfect balance. He could have perfected himself, and in a very short amount of time, reached the total state of perfection and enjoyed for eternity that state. By sinning, he not only <coughs> changed the world, he changed the essence of his physicality. Prior to the sin, Adam could have easily changed himself. That means to say, we use the muscle of dieting. So if I decide I want to go on a diet, I still hunger for the food. I may resist or I may not, but that conflict always remains. Adam Rishon was in a state of perfect balance, where at any given time, if he decided to change something, he could just... <coughs> so if he decided he wanted a diet... He would no longer hunger for food or no longer hunger for carbohydrates or whatever he would. Basically, his, he was malleable. His neshama was able to perfect the Nefesh Bahami to the extent that the Nefesh Bahami had no control and it was just a tool to be used to, to better serve Hashem. But by sinning, what Adam did was change the balance, change the Bria, and now man is in a state where he can no longer easily perfect himself. And we're going to read now what that means, practically what that manifests up. Okay, so let's start with this, uh, with today's text. We came, for those who are, uh, we should do this, we should put this online. One day I'm going to, oh, I should have done that, I should have shared screen. Next time, remind me, I'm going to do that share screen. You'll be able to watch it online as well, I should have thought of that. Okay, any case, once man sinned, once Things were changed radically. Initially, the chesronos, the negatives in the world, were in existence in the amount that was needed. In order for man to be in a perfect balance, as mentioned, and he was in a state where he could perfect himself with his effort. However, by his sin, it was increased and became much greater in the essence of man, and in the Bria itself. And additionally, the perfection became much more difficult than it, was, than it was originally. The world that we live in now is not the original plan, is not the final game plan. The world we live in is the plan B. Okay, now let's continue the next paragraph. Additionally, because of the gzera, the neshama, as long as in the body, where the bad is dovak, clings to it, he can't separate from it totally. The neshama itself is, um, is darkened, and um, when you put cold, when you, when you tamp a cold, you, you, when you put, um, that's the word, tamp cold, when you take a hot coal and you cover it with, with a layer of, of dust, it, it dampens, it, it dims it, so <clears throat> the neshama is dimmed and weakened. Even though through the actions that man does, the neshama is 
precious shleimus, <clears throat> the manner can't be revealed, and the neshama can't shine in its brilliance, that it should really shine, according to the level that acquired in truth. Okay, so basically as follows. <clears throat> the neshama that we have, that we possess, that's the essence of us, the part of us, is dimmed, is dampened, and can't do that which it was created to do. The main function of the neshama is to perfect the person. The main desire of the neshama, the main function, the reason why it was created was to perfect the person, and it can't do that which it was perfected to do. Now, I'd like to share with you that we're going to see tonight a few of the manifestations of the neshama in a state of inability to do that which it was created to do. Has anyone heard of the writing reflex? The writing reflex. And that's not a writing with a W, but it's a writing as to make everything right. There seems to be a reflex within the human being to make everything right. You'll see it function any time someone comes to you with a problem or anytime someone does something wrong, there's an instant almost need to make them stop doing that. Just stop that. If someone is smoking, stop smoking. If someone's speaking Lashonar, stop speaking Lashonar. If someone is, whatever the behavior is, there's this almost instinctive need to change that person, to make it right. Now, I don't know if you ladies have seen this that much, but um, in, in healthcare, it's incredible. It's, you know, you'll see people, one of the biggest problems in healthcare is you have people who have chronic conditions and there are certain cures or certain behaviors they have to avoid and they just will not stop it. Present diabetes and they continue eating sugar. So what happens is invariably the healthcare provider will go through this sort of routine of, well, why don't you stop? Well, because it's difficult for me to, but you really should stop, you know, it's going to hurt your health. And invariably, you have these conversations where the healthcare provider <clears throat> provides the information. The one on the receiving end shuts down, and um, and it doesn't get anywhere. If you'd like to see the real glorious manifestation of the writing reflex, you have to study a little bit of the alcoholic anonymous, or really the the way al- alcoholics were dealt with in the 70s and the 80s. So the common way that the and this was really taught by uh, this was really the common wisdom. The way you deal with an alcoholic is you do an intervention. In other words, what happens is you get all the family together, all the people in the person's life together, <clears throat> you sit around the table, and you t- convince him that he's an alcoholic because alcoholics are invariably in a state of denial. They're immature. They're incapable of, de- of accepting their, their flaws. And what you have to do is you have to convince them and just <clears throat> convince them that they're, they're, they're an alcoholic and they have to change. Now, what happened amazingly was that there was an incredible rate of what's called recidivism, and it was meaning uh, the returning to drinking, and these interventions did no good whatsoever. Anyone know why it did no good whatsoever? Here's what happens. You see, <clears throat> see, let's start with the following. Alcoholics are no different than you, I, or anyone else. They come in every stripe, flavor, and, and, <clears throat> and alcoholics, as a matter of fact, today there are um, I know they're pretty regular because there are 20 million alcoholics in the United States of America. So <clears throat> it's pretty common. And it's not like there's a particular syndrome or a particular um, like psychological imbalance or something. It's whatever. We could discuss later how <clears throat> people become alcoholics. But the bottom line is that <clears throat> the method of attacking and trying to right the behavior in, has this incredible reverse 
effect. It backfires every time. And the reason why is because anybody who's ever dealt with anything that they were working on has sort of two voices within them. There's, let's say I'm dealing with a drinking problem, right? So assuming that I'm of reasonable intelligence, I realize I'm messing up my life, right? I just got fired from my job. My wife divorced me. Uh, my kids hate me. I, my life is in absolute misery. So <clears throat> clearly, if, I'm, if my IQ is above, let's say, 80 or so, I realize this behavior is not doing me any good. So what has happened during the past two years or three years or four years of my drinking <clears throat> is I've had multiple conversations within my brain that went like this, stop drinking. I can't stop drinking. But you have to stop drinking. Well, I can't. I tried before and I failed. But you have to stop, but I can't. I can't. Meaning <clears throat> the amount of conversations within me that, that have gone on are myriad, I mean, tens and tens of thousands. Okay. What happens is there's always going to be two voices. There's a voice within me that says, stop drinking. And then there's a counter voice. I can't stop drinking because either I tried before and I failed or I needed it or my nerves or whatever, whatever the answer is. <clears throat> but this isn't the first time that I've ever thought about the idea of stopping to drink. But invariably, <clears throat> the other voice is one. So I've sat there about, let's say, 10,000 times having this debate within me. And then I show up to the health provider and he tells me to stop drinking. Oh, <laughs> I never thought about that. Just stop. I have a, it's a great chiddish. I never thought, maybe I should just stop drinking. That's a great idea. I, I never, meaning clearly, not only did I think about it, but the minute you tell me to stop drinking, you're automatically eliciting the opposite voice within me that says, and has said 10,000 times before now, I can't stop drinking because da, 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 whatever the reason is. So invariably, these, in, these interventions would cause the opposite effect of what they were trying to do because anytime you, you assault a person, anytime you come on strong, and you tell them, you have to change. They know they have to change. They've been down that road 10,000 times before. <clears throat> the other voice is what's being brought up. In any case, <clears throat> invariably, though, the writing reflex finds itself. Now, you, in your life, I doubt you're going to deal with an alcoholic, or most likely not, hopefully not. But I'm willing to guarantee that you have experienced a writing reflex in your life multiple times. Anyone here married? Okay. Have you ever had a desire to um, fix your husband? Okay. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> it's the darndest thing. It's so obvious to me that my husband would be so much better or smarter or whatever. And, and, and I make it clear, and I've repeated it, and, and, it, and it, it doesn't seem to work. Gee golly, why doesn't it work? So <clears throat> I'll let you know the secret. The reason it doesn't work is because you're doing the exact opposite of what you're trying to do. You're shutting down the reaction. So if you want your husband to be neater or cleaner or, or make more money or whatever, whatever it may be, more responsible, spend time with the kids, whatever the issue is, the more you use the writing reflex of writing and writing, the more you're shutting him down. Okay, but here's the question. Why does it bother you so much? And if it's not your husband, it's your kids or other people, why do you have this need to correct them? So I used to think it was like, uh, maybe it was a woman's thing, but then I discovered that men do it as well. And then I thought, maybe it's just a married thing, but it's even people who are single do it. Would you like to know why the writing reflex is so prevalent and so darn um, persevering? Because within me, there's a voice that says, stop doing it. It's my neshama that wants to write everything wrong. And when I see something wrong, my neshama crawls out, stop doing it. And, and I see how clearly it's it's... It's disastrous. It's hurting you, and it's hurting our marriage, or it's hurting the kids, or it's hurting whatever. So stop doing this. I have a need 
<clears throat> to write you. I have a need to, a, a, a need to, <clears throat> to make it all better. And, and, and it takes a tremendous amount of work not to do it. Again, it, the first you sow, what you have to remember is that the minute the writing reflex comes to the surface, you are shooting yourself in the foot. Because any time you're going to tell the other person to stop drinking, stop whatever it may be, you're eliciting the opposite voice. They know the problem very well, but you're asking for the excuse for the answer, and you're causing the opposite. But again, if you want to know where it comes from, it comes from the neshama. Okay, so far so good? Okay, watch the next step. So how come that writing reflex doesn't bother me all the time? If it's my neshama, and I see someone else doing something wrong, and the neshama was created to write things, and that's why it so much bothers me, and I have to resist it, and I have to fight it, and I have to really work on it. So why doesn't my neshama sit there all day telling me all the things I do wrong? It does? I sh- <clears throat> it does? Yeah. Okay. I have a wrong commentary all the time. <laughs> well, you're doing wrong, yeah? Yeah. Okay, so... It was only what bothers you about somebody else bothers you about yourself, but you don't... So... You don't really? say that way. But exactly, you don't realize that it bothers you. That's you know, but even things about myself, like, I hear it in my own... that fills up your head. Like, why did I just do that? <laughs> why did I just say that? Why can I just stop that all the time? I mean, schizophrenic, you never know. Um... But then some people will say that that's actually the Sahara. That's trying right, to that's what I mean. Last to do. time, that don't always trust the voice in your head. Right, that's for sure. Don't always trust the voice so, in your head. But now I'm confused. Um, <laughs> just mess up your schmooze. <laughs> no, I'm very curious. I, I don't. I don't see, let me let me start this way. I, I always love Elo. I always love Elo because it starts Elo. I say to myself, okay, what do I what do I got to work on? And then I laugh. What, what, what do we have to work on? I don't, you, you know, like if you're not a tzaddik. I mean, you look through the list of al chaits, lists and lists and lists. So why don't I feel automatically coming to, oh, let's go, i got to get to work, i got this and this. And what if to sort of take inventory and sort of take stock? So <clears throat> I'll let you in a little secret, at least uh, the way I can't say how other people operate. I know how my brain operates, and I think it's pretty, I think you'll find this somewhat to be true about all of us. Um, I have this incredible capacity to whitewash, make clean, whatever I do is right, good, and proper. Um, and that has to do with the fact that if I didn't have that capacity, I would not have Bechira. Why? Because <clears throat> let's assume my neshama was allowed full shlita all the time. Um, and <clears throat> I understood that whatever it may be is damaging to me for eternity. Let's take something simple like Lashon Haras, okay? Now, <clears throat> Lashon Hara is clearly something that's, that's usur, <clears throat> it's wrong, it's damaging, it's destructive, and I get it. And let's even say I worked in it, I learned, learned about it, and I, and, and I did. I've spent quite a lot of time, I gave Shurim on it. You go to shmooz.com, you can find, find an entire thing on, on Lush and Hara, entire, like, all right, anyway. So why do I still do it? So the answer is, as I'm about to say that story, it's not Lush and Hara. As I'm about to say that story, listen, it's okay, it's fine. It's never wrong, it's never an error because... I can't do an Avera. I would never allow myself to do an Avera. So therefore, I, to allow for Bechira, Hashem gave us this incredible capacity to whitewash, make clean, to, um, to live in this fanciful world of, of <clears throat> imagination where whatever I do is right, good, and proper. And if you ever want to see the incredible capacity of the human to be creative, just watch your brain as it spins out stories and reasons and rationales why whatever I do is good, okay, or for me, it's all right. I mean, I always say there are two shulchan arachs. 
There's a Shulchan Aruch for the rest of the world, and there's a Shulchan Aruch for me. For me, it's different. Listen, for me, under my circumstance, under my conditions, and listen, Hashem understands that the circumstance. So this is the capacity. Um, this is Shmuz number 19. I never do anything wrong. Um, now, the reason for this is because if I didn't have this incredible capacity to create these fanciful illuminations that make everything I want to do mutter, I can never sin. Why? Because look, I get it. For eternity, I'm going to be what I shape myself into. Every word, every interaction, everything I do shapes me forever. Every mitzvah makes me greater. Every avera damages me. If this is an avera, I'd have to be a fool. You see, let me start with this. What is the greatest cause of sin? If I ask you, in our lives, what's the greatest cause of sin? Greatest cause of sin. Sorry? Desire. Desire? Think about it. In our lives, what is the greatest... Is the, is desire the greatest cause of sin? How many times have you been like, oh, I have to do this, I don't want to, I have to, I don't want to, I have to, ah, oh, oh, I've done it. I mean, yeah, it exists, certain areas, maybe certain times, but... Rationalization. <clears throat> yeah, I'm sorry? <clears throat> really, it's what I call stupidity. There's, I don't think, I don't realize, I, I, I whitewash, I rationalize, I make it permitted. <clears throat> the greatest sin of, the greatest cause of sin is not desire, and it's not money, and it's not covered... It's plain old stupidity. But when I say stupidity, I mean to say that my ability to fool myself and tell myself that this is okay. Under these circumstances, under these conditions, based on what's going on, this is okay. Now, it's stupidity because if I carefully like play back the, you know, the mind works in like nanoseconds. But if I were to play back the tape and watch the rationalization, I'd say that's the dumbest thing in the world. That, that the, I, I couldn't sell it to a jury of my peers, but <clears throat> for the moment, because I want to, I become seduced and I accept that rationalization and what I do is permitted. So watch what happens to Elul. The reason why I have to start Elul by saying, okay, let's, let's make the chesed, what I do wrong, is because the whole year, what I did was whitewash, <clears throat> create fanciful stories, everything I do is permitted, everything that I do for me is okay, you have to understand, you have to understand, you have to understand. So the result is that now I spent a whole year doing whatever I wanted to do. I wake up Elul, and now I have to first start thinking, what is it that I've done wrong? Because I have to undo the 11 months' worth of whitewashing and fanciful thinking that made everything I wanted to do permitted. So far, so good? So would you like to know why my writing reflex doesn't correct me? Because I do nothing wrong. You do things wrong. You speak Lashon Hara. You do things you shouldn't do, but me, I don't do anything wrong. So this is the irony. In other words, I was given an neshama with a tremendous desire and need to correct. It was given to correct me. And the problem is me, everything is permitted and fine and good, and I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, okay, everything I do is okay. But you, oh my goodness, look at you. In other words, it, it is rather ironic. You'll see, again, I, this is not a marriage sheer, but it's rather ironic that you'll find two couples... You know, a couple could each have issues. But I only see what my spouse does wrong. I don't see what I do wrong. And my spouse, and you know what I'm saying? Again, because what I do, here, one second, I had a woman. This is an incredible story. Um, I had a woman who was on and on complaining about her husband, complaining, complaining, complaining. And to be honest with you, she was like, he was a good guy, he was a nice guy, and she was a difficult human being. And she was really like a difficult person. So at a certain point, I said to her, well, man, I hear what you're saying, 
But could it be that maybe you're not the easiest person in the world to live with as well? She looked at me and she said, yeah, that's true. But me, me, I got to put up with him. I could change. I love it. I love it. I love it. You couldn't have said it better. She could not have said it better. Me, listen, this is who I am. I got to put up with. But him, I can change. Okay. Now, why is that so ironic? Because what's driving that, the force that's driving, I was given a shama that has the writing reflex. The reason I was given that neshama was to correct me, to change me, to make me greater, bigger, and not to allow me to sin. But because I have this incredible ability to whitewash and to create these fanciful illuminations, that these illustrations and these, these delusions, and to make what I want to do permitted, what happens is everything I do is right. The minute I see you, what you're doing is wrong, so the writing reflex doesn't focus on me, it focuses on other people. So, um, so if we want to learn some Musa, which is not the purpose of the, this session this evening, but anybody would like to solve this problem? And it could be it doesn't plague anybody here, but if it... Yeah, that's exactly. You got a problem. You better change. You really, you really have to work on that writing reflex. You really... You re- okay, so if... Imagine for a minute that you decided that you want to work on this. I have a very simple Musa exercise that could potentially change. You ready for this? But you got to do it exactly as this, as I say. You go over to a mirror. <clears throat> you go over to a mirror, straighten your... Well, you don't wear a tie, but if you wear a tie, straighten your tie, <clears throat> you look in the mirror and say these words. You. You are a difficult person to live with. You. You're the one I'm looking at. The one who's looking back at... You are a difficult person to... Me, not me, my, my wife. No, no, you. You are a di- Not me, it's my... Stop. No, you. You are a difficult person to live with. I am not. Yes, I am. No, I'm not. Now, it's, it's, it's only... You have to do it. It's incredible to... Try it. I guarantee, as you do it, you're going to say the words, I'm a difficult person to live with. I'm a, say it three times, and by the second or third time, there's going to be a voice in your head that says, No, I'm not. It's not true. I'm easygoing. It's my spouse. It's my kids. It's my boss. It's my coworkers. It's I'm... <clears throat> Isn't that interesting? Now, if we'd ask your spouse or your coworkers or your kids, is it true? Mm. They might just agree. They're polite, so they won't tell you it. But I, by the way, I guarantee you're a difficult person to live with. How do I know that? Because we were put here to grow, to change the essence of me. If you were perfect, you would be done your job here, it'd be time to leave. So let's hope that you still have work to do. But you see, all of us have stuff. I'm either too neat or too messy, too on time or too not on time, too rigid or too flexible, too... <clears throat> we all have our idiosyncrasies, quirks, mishigas, and we all have our stuff because every human being has stuff. But here's the problem. I'm an easygoing guy. You're the problem. Now, why is that? Because I'm used to me, and the way I do things is the normal way. Everyone else is the problem, and so it becomes very difficult to really work on yourself. So, this Musar exercise, which is one of the healthiest and most productive Musar exercises you'll ever do, is you go over to the mirror and you say the words, <clears throat> I am a difficult person to live with. It's better to point the finger by that. You. Point in the mirror. You are a difficult person. You. You are, and you say it five times, ten times. And again, I guarantee you can hear the voice back that says it's not true. But try it, do it, and you'll find it to be a very, very healthy, very, very, um, very, very life-changing exercise. 
And it's, it won't kill you, I, I guarantee it won't damage you too much, but <clears throat> you'll find it very interesting. All right, so far so good? If, yeah. you, if your mindset is that you hear yourself saying it and you say, no, that's not true, then how, how is it You have to just keep saying it and don't listen to the other voice. Mm-hmm. By the way, this, any mead that you're going to work on, that's what you have to do. Let's say a person wants to work on, on arrogance, right? I am God's gift to humanity. The sun rises in my... So what do I do? I have to say to myself, I'm really not that important. But I am, and I'm not. I'm, you have to say it again and again until... Meaning, or here, I'll give you a better example. Let's say a person has a negative self-image, right? So what's the solution to that? So you, what you have to do, you write down a list of the things that you that your strengths and your mileage, and you have to say it for 10 minutes. You have to go over it each day and go over it and say 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 it again. Why? Because the way people's brains work, you either have a pessimistic bias or an optimistic bias. So somehow, I don't know why it is, but some people's brains are very optimistic and very uppity. Some people's brains are very pessimistic and very biased and negative. So if you have an optimistic bias, your brain just sees things in, in rosy terms and good things. I'm good, I'm wonderful, I accomplished this and I did that. So all day long you're brainwashing yourself that I'm great, I'm great, I'm great. If you have a negative bias, what happens is you say to yourself all day long, I'm a loser and everything I do I mess up and I did this wrong and that wrong. So there's invariably this is why you don't listen to the voice in your head. Because the voice in your head is going to speak one way or the other. And one of the tricks of growth is you have to deprogram yourself. Now, if you have a pessimistic bias and you're always negative and beating yourself up, so you have to sit there for 10 minutes a day, you have to write a list, and you have to say to yourself, I'm good, I'm accomplished, and Hashem helps me, and I succeed at things, and Baruch Hashem, you have to make your list, and you literally have to say it out to yourself for 10 minutes. By the way, listen, again, I've, I've said this before, I'm going to say it again. I have been in therapy for now 41 years. I see a therapist every day for a half hour to an hour. Um, For a half hour to an hour, I'm in deep therapy, and it was only a short time in my life when I wasn't in therapy, and it was the worst, I made the worst mistakes in my life, but that's called learning Musa. When you open a Musa Sefer, and you look at the words, what you're doing is I'm trying to program my brain to be normal. I don't want my brain to be in control. I want to be in control. So I'm training my brain to think normal thoughts, training my brain to think the thoughts I want it to think. I'm not letting it take control. I'm going to control my brain. So again, if we're working on self-esteem, then you have to do this with... See, by the way, the only sad part about this is that it's so easy to do if you do it. But no one does it. No one does it. I just told my wife, I have a guy who... um, on a regular, not one guy, many guys, but one guy in particular, calls me on a regular basis, a regular basis, to tell me how bad his wife is. She is the worst. She is the worst. And then we sit there for about an hour or two, and I deep program. And in the end, he said, okay, good, this is what we're going to do. And he got the plan. And he has the plan. And he calls me back the next time, same thing. So, like, at a certain point, I realized that, um, oh, Dr. Stauber used to say this line. Dr. Stauber was an old-time therapist here in Muncie. I once sent a couple to him, and um, and I, I was very frustrated. And I said to him, well, I don't get it. They're, they're killing each other. They, they could just stop it. Why don't, they just, why don't they just change? He looked at me and said, most couples I deal with would rather die than change. Ooh! I forgot that. I forgot. Anyway, 
this is again, this is not a marriage therapy session, ladies. This is not <clears throat> what we're here for. But it's rather true that people suffer, people go through tremendous amounts of pain, torture, and much of it is self-inflicted. And the solution is simple. The difficulty is you have to actually do the exercise. So, again, if you have a self-image problem, it's 10 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day. You write it down, you say it to yourself, you talk to yourself. <clears throat> you have a jealousy problem, right? Well, here, one second. Anyone working on a Muna Bitochen? Let's talk about Bitochen. Okay, how do you work on Bitochen? How do you do it? Um, well, I can't say I do it anymore, but I used to. What do you used to do? A gratitude journal. I'm sorry, what? A gratitude journal. Okay. Okay, that's good. <clears throat> that's certainly good. Um, how do you work on Bitochen, ladies? Listen to the daily chizuk. <laughs> Listen to the daily chizuk, right. Here's what you got to do. <clears throat> it's really very simple. You have to deprogram your brain. You have to take certain expressions. <clears throat> Here, I'll give you a very simple one. Tell me if this won't work. Hashem loves me more than I love me. Hashem knows better than I what's my best. Now, if I could just get those two concepts in my brain... I would have no bitachon problems whatsoever. Hashem loves me more than I love me. Hashem knows better than I what's my best. Now the problem is that I don't feel that. So how do I feel that? You have to say it to yourself again and again and again and again. Now if you ever see somebody learning Musr Bispailas, that's what you're doing. You're, you're saying it with a niggan and you sing it and you think it and you, again and again and again because I want my brain to actually assimilate this information. Um, anyone Davin? Anyone ever pray? Prayer? Jewish prayer? What? Alternate Thursday. Alternate Thursday. Okay. What is prayer? Talking to Hashem. Talking to Hashem. Okay, good. But have you ever said those words before? Every day. And the day before that. And the day before that. And the day before that. Why are you saying it again? I said Aleinu 15,000 times. By the way, just do the math. If you're dominating three times, right? If you're man, you're dominating three times a day, times 365, you're talking a thousand a year. That means I said Elena, I don't want to tell you how many times. A lot empty of empty words. Oh, they're empty words until you inject some meaning into them. But <clears throat> what they're not, you see, what they're supposed to be. What Elena is supposed to be, what Shmakolena is supposed to be, what Modaani is supposed to be, is training my brain to think right. It's supposed to be an emotional experience where I'm. <clears throat> reprogramming myself to to be normal. I, I use normal because, but to 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 think what I mean. Watch this. Look, we have sixteen brachas in the morning. We say every single morning, thanking Hashem for the bounty of my life. Hashem, I have eyes and I have mobility. Zokif kufufi matirasum. Hashem, I've osili kol tsarki. Hashem, all of my needs, everything that I need, everything I need, you provide for me. Everything I need. Not everything I want, but everything I need. Now, <clears throat> do you understand the ashirus, the, the incredible wealth you have, if you actually feel that? Ev- all of my needs are met. Everything I could ever need, Hashem, you provide for me. Not everything I want, not everything I desire, but everything that I need. Now, <clears throat> the problem is, I don't feel that way. I need so much more. I need a fancy house. I need, this. I, I need, I need, I need. The problem is, my brain is not quite programmed. So what I'm trying to do is program my mind to be <clears throat> attuned, to be, to be aligned with what I want to believe, with what I want to feel. So I say that bracha every day, <clears throat> Hashem, asali kol tzarki. Hashem, you made for me all of my needs. What I'm trying to do is pray, 
is, is program my brain to try to sort of get my mind to be aligned with what I intellectually understand to be true. That's what, that's what davening is. So how do you explain, let's say, if um, Hashem takes care of all of your needs, like people <clears throat> who starve to death? How many people do you know who starve to death? Well, take a look at the, the Holocaust. One second, one second. I, I, I asked you a question. Oh, do, do I know? I, let me, one second. We live in the United States of America. 65% of the nation is overweight or right. obese. Uh-huh. Do not talk to me about starving oh, to death. No, but I do. <laughs> the rest of the world. My parents are Holocaust survivors, and, and they really were able to communicate that idea of, you know, barely existing <clears throat> because there was no food. Okay. Um... <clears throat> If you find, again, let me talk to you. In the world that I live in, I don't know anyone my age or younger who ever, ever, ever went to bed hungry because they didn't have enough food. I, I never met a person my age or younger who <coughs> went to bed oh, hungry. Baby, you know what happened to oh, them? Tons of people like the Holocaust. Tons of people. Wait, no, I do know yeah. people. In yeah. very <coughs> I do know people. Not even the Holocaust nowadays, yeah. Yeah? I know people. Actors went to families bed. families of 12 kids, they have a cup of milk every day and that's a... And I heard someone, they have to, they have to like, 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 they do you want to know? No. Really? The world that we're li- the people that you know, people we live in, we're living in a house in Muncie, in the in the in the most Why incredible lap of luxury. I can't descri- describe the level of opulence and incredible wealth that we experience. It's not shared equally. Not shared equally. Again, I'm not saying there are people who suffer, and and I'm not saying there aren't, but again. Uh, uh, I don't know. Again, I, I got a pop. But my problem is being overweight. My problem is not poverty. So, um, well, listen. If you want to have a discussion as being to why, is also not healthy. I'm sorry. What? It's like being overweight is also not healthy. So your needs aren't met. You're not healthy. Well, you, what, what's it? <laughs> and what about somebody who's blind? What's it? And that Hashem gives sight to the blind. Right. What about somebody who's blind? What about? His needs aren't met. Their needs aren't met, and plus they're saying something in the davening. One second. One second. This person is blind. The question is. Okay, I cover him. It doesn't apply to him. That's a different question. I'm asking you to finish the question. So I'm saying, my question is um, as far as the davening is concerned, how does the person. Hasbro and Zaypokrek even is one question. The question is, my needs aren't met. It's a different question, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> my needs aren't met. The answer is my needs are met. Um, <clears throat> Hashem gives me everything that I need. <clears throat> um, it's rather, um, it's rather interesting to note that when they do studies in, in terms of happiness, you know, the life happiness rating. So <clears throat> one of the famous ones that I often mentioned, I want to repeat it, is they take two groups of people. Um, <clears throat> one group of people who lost a who um, lost the use of their limbs within that one year and the other group of people who were major lottery winners 
and they asked them to do a what they call a life satisfaction survey. How happy are you? So clearly, the people who are major lottery winners, when they won the money, were much happier than the people who recently lost use of their limbs. They did the survey one year later to the same two groups, and they found that basically the same scale of happiness. The only difference is the people who have been, become paraplegics were generally finding more joy in their daily life. We human beings are a strange sort of breed. Having bracha and having tremendous wealth <clears throat> doesn't mean we appreciate it, doesn't mean we recognize it, doesn't mean we enjoy it. And when you find that people lose things, so initially it's horrible, and it is. And a person may say, what, what's life going to be without it? But after a while, six months, a year, two years, they somehow manage to be as happy, often happier, <clears throat> than they were before. Um, I'm not saying it's a brach, and I'm not saying we ask for it. And why Hashem gives different situations to different people is a fine question. But that understanding that Hashem loves me more than I love me, Hashem knows what's better for me than, than I know, and Hashem provides all of my needs is true. Hashem provides for me everything that I need. Now, that may not be everything I want. I may want lots of money. I may want to be a, a piano player. I may, but that doesn't mean I'm going to be granted what I want. But everything that I need you has... You make choices that you could turn down. What, you know, Hashem could give you what you need, but doesn't mean you actually take it. Yes, sir. Yeah. Can you say she understand that? Stop singing. Well, no, she could keep singing, but there are people on the Zoom who are, are men, etc., and it's not such a great idea. Uh, I'm sorry, could you just ask that again, because I wasn't no, distracted. Okay. Hashem give you, what you everything you need, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you receive it. You know, yeah. People could, you know, people could say, you know, I don't want that, or, you know, somebody could need need food when they're offered a job, I don't want that job. And people, Hashem could give you what you need, but you you have free will whether to take it or not. 100%, 100%. And, and the truth is, I, I'm, I think we're really a little off topic because the question was, <clears throat> how do I work on things? And a big part of tefillah, this is really where we started, that a big part of dominating is about <clears throat> training myself to recognize those thoughts that I, that I know to be true, but I don't feel. So for instance, <clears throat> one of them is just the wealth that I enjoy. Now, anyone who lives in our world and doesn't recognize that they're incredibly wealthy, that is, it's, it's time to get to work. Because in the course of history, there's never been this much opulence and abundance. And if you'll tell me, find me people who suffer, I'm not denying it, but I don't live in that world. <clears throat> the world I live in, in Muncie, New York, all I see is wealth that's beyond description. And the people of Tzoros never, and I'm not making light of people's Tzoros, but <clears throat> bottom line is, we all somehow manage to, uh, bottom line is, <clears throat> feeling the wealth that I enjoy is something that requires working on. Also, the Koltsarki is a way of doing it. Pokech Ivrim, if I have sight, <clears throat> I have to think about it and dwell on it. And, and it was meaning, so many times we have gifts that we don't think about, we might as well not have them. Um, we don't appreciate sight, hearing, <clears throat> appreciate mobility. So, by the way, one of the greatest Muslim... Ex- I'm sorry? Until you don't have it. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, and one of the greatest Musa exercises is to go to an old age home and look at a man walking with a walker. Look at an 85-year-old woman who's walking with a walker, and you say these words, Baruch Hashem, that's not me. There's only one reason why I'm not there, because Hashem has gifted me with mobility, health, youth. Thank God. You look, watch a person with Parkinson's try to take a spoon in there. Thank God, that's not me. <clears throat> I'm healthy, I'm well, 
and have tremendous bracha, and <clears throat> focusing on that and appreciating that, understanding it, requires requires something. Now, a big part of dominating is exactly that. <clears throat> when we dominate, we say 16 brachas, thanking Hashem for the tremendous wealth that I have. Some of it is material wealth, <clears throat> much of it is physical health, <clears throat> much of it is all of the gifts that I have, but the problem is if you don't pay attention to it, if you don't work on it, it doesn't work. So <clears throat> making dominating work requires investing some time, energy, and, and letting the words work. But what you're trying to do is program the brain to think normally. By the way, do you know, <clears throat> if you go through a chakras properly, you should be a different person at the end of that chakras than you were when you started. You know, <clears throat> you, you start with the 16 brachas. And you say, Baruch She'am Avahaya Olam. Hashem, you created the world. There was nothing. Absence of physicality. Hashem, you said this should be and 100 billion galaxies, galaxies each containing 100 billion stars came into existence. And go through the words. From Baruch Hashem you sing the praise of Hashem, the birds and the oceans and the rivers, and you start describing things. You start Baruch Hu. By Baruch you start describing what happens in the upper worlds. The Ofarim Vesrafim Vachayas HaKodesh. They praise you. Shema, we accept. By the way, just the words of Shema. Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokein, Hashem, you are God, Hashem Echad, you're one. And when I'm saying it, I'm thinking, I'm ready to give up my life. By the way, the Mishra says, when you say those words, you, you're really obligated to think them. If not, you're saying a lie. Because watch this, I love you, but I don't. Let's say I say I love you, but I'm spaced out. So what's happening is, you're saying a lie about yourself. So Mishra says that when you say, even though <clears throat> to be Yotzei Shema, you only have to have Kavana in Shema Yisrael and, and Baruch Shem. But really, <clears throat> if you don't have Kavana in Vahavta, you're really saying a, a lie about yourself. I'm saying, Hashem, I love you with all my heart, I'm not ready to give up my life, <clears throat> with all my material possessions, everything I have, I love you. If I'm not thinking those words, so I'm, I'm lying. I'm saying a lie about myself, and it's considered, again, Yotzei Shema, as long as you have Kavana in but it's considered a real issue if you don't have Kavana. So imagine what it's like to say, Hashem, I love you with all my heart, with ready to give up my life for you, and I'm anything I have, I'd be willing to give up any money I have or anything I have in abundance. I give. If you experience that, um, now you're a different human being, you're a different person. Now I said those words yesterday, and matter of fact, I, by Marav, I said already in Chakras. But if I say it twice a day, and I say it day after day, day after day, it starts changing. You feel it more, you feel it more, you feel it more, until you actually become a different human being. And then you get up to Shemona Esrei. Now, Shemona Esrei is, um, again, it's just stopping the static and me talking to God. Baruch Atah Hashem. Hashem is speaking to you, Elokeinu. <clears throat> right, right? Okay, Avram, I'm speaking to Hashem right here, and I'm describing His greatness, <clears throat> describing His Melucha, um, then I'm asking for everything that I need. I'm asking for wisdom. I'm asking for Torah. I'm asking for Slachlanu. Um, what can I tell you? It's, it's, um, if you make dominant work, it's the most powerful, life-changing event. I, I did it yesterday and the day before. Yeah, but i got to train my brain. It's, it's learning Musa Bespailus again and again and again and again and again. Um, do I know what I'm talking about? Am I alone in knowing what I'm talking about? Repetitiveness of it, like, like right. to me, like very boring. It is. Yeah, I, I, by the way, I cannot agree more. If you, if you don't, 
If you don't figure out how to make davening work, it is the most boring, stupid thing in, in existence. I feel like we start way too young. Maybe. One problem at a time. <laughs> Let's assume davening is boring. Okay, <clears throat> that's the problem. Now, how do, we, how do we solve that problem? So, <clears throat> davening is either the most powerful, moving experience, or it's rote, robotic stupidity. The difference is <clears throat> whether the brain's on on. Now, oftentimes you have to do things ahead of time to sort of... Um, <clears throat> I have these um, Wonders of the World videos. Anyone ever go on the shows.com and find the Wonders of the World? Okay, they're the three four-minute videos that describe different parts of the world. The eagle, the, the butterfly, the bees. The, like, you just watch the footage. The, the story behind it is... I, I'm a big fan of this stuff because the whole of us talks about this stuff. But um, So I have this editor in Ohio who's not Jewish... And I send the footage to him, and he comes back with the most incredible, incredible footage. It's just mind-boggling. I, I, I used to describe the bee stinger, the four parts of the bee stinger and the muscle on the back. He found footage where you could see the bee stinger. The bee stings the flesh, the bee separates, and then you see the muscle on the back squeezing the poison sac, the part of the serrated edge going. I'm like, oh. right, anyway, and they go on the shows.com, and they're three minutes long, two minutes long, and watch one every day. Before davening, watch one. And then you... You have to then take that in your brain and you say, okay, now, now that I have that image in my mind, I'm going to speak to the creator of the heaven, the one who made this stuff. Um, when we went to the Grand Canyon, I took pictures, many, many pictures, not with my camera, with my brain. I wanted that image. There's a certain, the, the depth, the majesty, the size, the grandeur. It's just like, uh, uh, uh. I took many, many visual pictures so that I'd have that in my brain so that I'd be able to bring that up before Shimon Esrei, so that I'd be able to say, stop, see the size, see it, now Davin. What that does is you begin to realize, I'm talking to the creator of the heaven, of all of this, the creator of the Grand Canyon, who keeps it in existence. What am I going to tell you? If you <clears throat> Davin is an avoda. It requires work. If you work on it, it becomes the most moving, passionate, life-changing experience. If you don't, it's it's mighty difficult. It's mighty boring. I, uh, for high school guys, it's Hashem Yirachem. <clears throat> I was a high school rebbe for 15 years, and you have to know what it's like to watch guys do this. <laughs> First of all, I don't know what the words mean. <clears throat> I don't know if they know what the words are. I don't know what they're saying, but... <clears throat> hour after hour, day after day... <clears throat> What I'm going to tell you is, it's, it's, I, 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 by the way, I have ADHD. I cannot imagine what it's like <clears throat> to space out for an hour and go, blah, 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 blah. I, I get out, I leave, I, I, be gone. I, I, couldn't, I could not do it. You see what I'm saying? I, I <clears throat> like, it's the most... What did you do when you were in school if you had ADHD? Them. I was yeah. bad. No, I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't have ADHD, I, ADHD, I was bad. Remember, I, it, was, it wasn't invented back when we were kids. Right, it was just bad, you know, so it wasn't, it wasn't an issue. Do you bring up the same image every single day? Or do no, you have to find a new, something right. new all the time because it gets old. Right. You have to find, the Chavzalot says you have to find a Chiddush in the Bria every single day. Find something new. And by the way, it's not hard at all. You just take a science book, but not a, a kid's science book, because they'll show you the, the complexity and, and the pictures and, and just... It's just astonishing. I can show you books and books and books. I can keep you busy for <clears throat> the rest of your life. You won't have the same image. You, you, you just, new images, new scenes, new things, because it's, it's, 
This is, by the way, it's a mighty complex world out there. Here, I'll give you a simple Musar exercise. How many species of living things are there? So mankind has it down to at least 10 million. 10 million species of living things. We're talking between the animals and the insect. Insect, by the way, insects are far more. So just take one species a day. Study the giraffe and look at the antelope. Look how he walks, look how he eats, look what he, what he eats, how he eats. How, just take one animal at any given time. Watch some footage. You go on... Um, <clears throat> I'm sorry? There's the Wonders of Hashem. Wonders of Hashem. That's meant for kids. It shows about the antelope and the... Good. The new buffalo and... Good. Excellent. By the way, do it. But don't... By the way, I, I remember when my kids were little, I'd read them science... I would love reading them science books because... it's See, they don't become dumb until, you know... Until about seventh grade, that's when they become dumb. They start to it all evolve. Don't you know, we become dumb when they hit seventh grade. <laughs> that's for that sure. That's for sure. <laughs> no, but especially seventh grade, it's true. We become very, very primitive and dumb. But anyway, <clears throat> but if you read little kid science books, they'll show you the, the depth of the world and they'll show you complex systems and just read that, and it changes your dominance. Yeah, but again, it, you have to. I feel bad forcing my kids to dominate and find myself in dominance. Like, I understand them. So force your kids to read these books. Don't force them, but show them. So, like in school, so why do you force them to My kid gets kicked out of, school, out of class by dominant time because she's not sitting still. She's not <clears> following along. So she's getting kicked out every day. And I'm like, hello, look what you're torturing her for the rest of her life. I know what it feels like. So uh, can I make a suggestion? Why don't you try this? Why don't you try to help her dominate? How? How? <clears throat> okay. What does dominating mean? I don't know. I'm like, she doesn't have to stop her from a sitter. I'm like, just... Fine. Yeah, forget a sitter for a minute. What does dominating mean? Raise and think. Okay, good. Work on it. And she can take one puzzle, one thing, one little thing, and, you know, let's work on this. Let's take one little part of dominating. Praise, ask, that, whatever. Let's take one little part. Praise. <clears throat> Anything good in your Why life. Why can't you say it in your own words? Uh, a fine question. For what, at what age should children dominate in what ways a fine... Educational question, but where, where we are right now, you have, you have to help your daughter, right? So <clears throat> help her. Help her. Take one part Take one part of Siddur. So let's start with brachos. Let's just work on this. We're going to make these words meaningful. What do, first of all, what do the words mean? Pokeach ivrim. Well, I don't feel it. Okay, so let's think. What does it mean not to, to have sight? <clears throat> what does it mean to be blind? Maybe you take her to the old age home. Take her to, take her to see a person who's losing their sight. Take her to a person who can't see. Uh, you know, what is it? Oh, take it to the Blind Museum in Israel, right? It was great, 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 great activity. Great activity. I wanted to go there now. We've been there now for circus, but... All right, whatever. All right, so do something similar. You know, by the way, they have all kinds of activities. They have hearing also. I hearing. Oh, my gosh. By the way, they have a very they have various activities. You could do the similar, like... You go online and look, you'll see how to blindfold yourself in a way that you could appreciate sight. You put on certain blindfolds and... and and do it. Do it with your child and, and show her. This is what it's like to be blind. I'm going to spend 10 minutes in absolute blindness and I'm going to ask you to find a marble. Do, you know, I'm going to try to ask you. And, and that you make it real. And then we're going to work on this bracha. Okay? And you actually do the exercise. And now, <clears throat> tomorrow, all I want you to do is say this bracha with kavana. Baruch Hashem. Bless you, Hashem. You're here. Hashem, you're here. Kainu Malchalam, a God, King of the universe. <clears throat> you give sight to the blind. 
you do one brach at a time. I think you'll you'll do your, your child a great service. She'll she'll learn how to daven. Should they do it in school? Yeah, but that's another question. But for sure, you can you can help. Um, okay. Anyway, let, let's recap to see where we're at, how we got here, and where and where we're going to be next week, hopefully. So again, the the point is that Hashem created Adam to be very different than we are now. Initially, we had a neshama that was easily able to change the nefesh of Bahami, where the Hashem would say, I don't want you to hunger anymore, we're going to hunger for food. I don't want you to be arrogant anymore. Adam was malleable. He could take his nefesh of Bahami and literally shape it. It was plastic. He could mold it. After the sin, that no longer applies. However, the neshama still has the same innate desires that it always had. The most basic of the innate desire of the neshama is to write me, to make me do what's right, what's good, what's proper. Now, the negative of that is what I call the writing reflex where it surfaces on you. You should improve, you should do better, you should change, you should change. Now again, it's my neshama, and it's coming out in, a, in, in a, a, an obnoxious way, but the point is, it comes from a very pure, holy place. Now, the reason why it never works is because you also have a neshama, and you also have that writing reflex, and all day long you said, you should do it, you shouldn't do it, you should do it, but you're, you've got that back and forth. That ambivalence is always there. So anytime you told yourself, stop drinking... And the other voice said, I can't stop drinking, but you should, I can't, I can't. So you've been down that road 10,000 times. If I come and say to you, well, you really should stop, well, guess what? I'm bringing up the opposite voice, the voice that's always shut the other one down, and needless to say, it backfires, and that's why the writing reflex is the most difficult, um, it's a strangest sort of behavior. We all have this thought that all i got to do is point out someone else how what they're doing is damaging to themselves, and they'll stop. And it never, ever works. It does quite the opposite. It causes the, the shutdown. The interesting part to note is that the writing reflex doesn't work on me. Now, if you find it does, I almost guarantee it only works on limited areas, what I call the neurotic areas, the areas not of big deal changes, not the areas that you really need or should work on, but the things that whatever because of temperament, upbringing, whatever, particularly start nagging at you and bothering you. But again, just watch what happens Elul. I know very few people who say, let's go, Ella, I have so many things to work on. Oh my goodness, now I get to really change and grow because there's so many things I've been really doing wrong and now I get... The, you know, the things we do wrong are on, on neuroses, are, you know, are the things that aren't really averas, but we decide we should do differently. The reason why my writing reflex doesn't work on me is because I have this incredible force called imagination. To allow for Bechir Hashem gave us that power that ability to live in fanciful, imaginative world, and if everything I do is right all the time, and therefore my writing reflex doesn't work on me, it only works on you, and like that woman said, you know, me, uh, me, I may be difficult, but me, I have to live with him, I could change. So it's just very important to be aware of. Now, again, the, the last point that we focused on, and this is the main point, is that the way that one grows in anything in Musr is by training my brain to think as I wanted to think. So <clears throat> what that means is we talked about davening or we talked about, let's say, working on uh, an amuna, <clears throat> or working on ar- arrogance or working on self-esteem. It's all the same. I'm training my brain to think the thoughts that I want. I'm not letting my brain take control. I'm taking control of my brain. So if I want to work in amuna, <clears throat> I have to think these thoughts over and over and over and over. If I want to work on davening, so I have to constantly, you know, that's what really what davening is, is trying to train myself to feel these things. And again, that's the main accomplishment of Musr. Now, I want to say, I have to see if anyone has questions, because we do take questions from... Um, uh, okay.
<laughs> okay, a woman wrote in, <clears throat> so now I understand I'm a difficult person to live with. Was it a mistake to let my husband know I realize this? He's really relieved I figured this out, and it's not him. <clears throat> yes, I bought the book, I'm reading it, and he's not. <laughs> so yes, thank you. That's a plug for the 10 really dumb mistakes. They're very small couple make. Ladies, if you don't have a copy, you've got to get a copy. Um, <clears throat> I apologize. The API first is plugged in. They'll ship out now. It wasn't connected. Um, it'll ship out. So <clears throat> if you go to the to schmooze.com, you'll see on the top a banner, and you can order the... Uh, the 10 really dumb mistakes a very smart couple to make. If you do it online, you also get the audio book, the e-book, and the marriage transformation boot camp. So do it online. Go to schmooze.com. Ladies, if you bought it here and you'd like the audio book, let me know. I'll send you a link, and you can have it. Yeah, I'll yeah. gladly share it with you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, just send me an email, and I'll gladly send you the, the link. You'll get the audio book, the e-book, and the, and the marriage transformation boot camp. Just send me an email, and I'll send it to you. Um, and that's it. Okay? All right, thank you. Okay. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. And Mrs. Adams, please, now, once I shut the camera off, you can come closer to the camera. Okay.